This is where the intro goes, intro goes, intro goes. This is where the intro goes. Hola, bienvenue. Hello, how are you? I didn't have anything quippy this time. Welcome. I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. This is Whiskey and Mash. This week we'll be talking about Season 11, Episode 11, Strange Bedfellows, and Season 11, Episode 12, Say No More. I really wanted Chris to wait till November 11th to post the 11th episode of the 11th season, uh, but he wouldn't. <laughs> no, I, yeah, reasons, <laughs> lots of reasons. Lots but, of reasons. Um, yeah, uh, Strange Bedfellows, why, why don't you start us off? Well... It's two simple plots. One, child snoring. Two, Patterson-in-law comes to camp. Now, yeah. to deepen that. <laughs> That's, yeah. That was, that was well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Short and sweet. Darn. I need to take lessons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, um, yeah. They begin in the mess tent. They're exhausted. Because the captains, yeah, yeah, Hawkeye and BJ come in, and, and Margaret's like, Well, if you guys wanted to stay out so late, if you weren't partying, they're like, We're not partying, Charles is snoring. Yeah, and of course, Charles, Do, I certainly am not. Do not snore, mm -hmm. never Win have. Winchesters do not snore, even when they're on tape, it could have been someone else. Mm -hmm. okay. I like Potter's comment. You two fellows look like for a walking advertisement for rigor mortis. <laughs> that would be a Potter comment. Yeah. Potterism. Hashtag. Potterism. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, so keep going with this plot before we talk about yeah, the next one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because, well, yeah. Um, Charles comes in, denies it, um, but we, we clearly have... Um, a couple of occasions during the episode where he's definitely snoring and we get to hear it and see it and he just keeps denying it and um they find out in post-op margaret's carrying some flowers and he sneezes and the captains go hey how long have those been blooming something like a week and that's and how long all charles over is, camp and it's how long charles has been snoring and they just you know point out charles Maybe you're allergic. Just take some antihistamines. That's all you need to do. I do not. Oh, I'm sorry. That was bad. Go that for was it. Kind of, that, <laughs> it was kind It was a valiant attempt. And I'm sure our listeners uh, appreciate it. They don't it. snore. Yeah. Winchesters do mm. not snore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, like, Laura got real... She, she was very much on Charles' side. And... It's like, well, no, they're, from everything we see in this episode, his snoring is caused by allergies, and all he needs to do is take antihistamines. But people were angry at him. Like, Well, he was refusing. They weren't sleeping. Yeah. The whole camp could hear him. He was refusing. It's like, that's just bullheaded and uh, unreasonable. But I can see Laura's point. Yeah, if there's nothing he can do about it... I agree. Then they should. I be... did feel bad for him, but until he went into Father Mulcahy's tent. Oh my goodness! I so did not feel bad for him no. at all anymore, because he can't. He went in with with this terrible chip on his shoulder. 
saying that he does not Sewer snore. He doesn't want to be uh, the common man, Next thing you factory know, worker. Yeah. What if I'm not, you know, what if I'm the same as everyone? Next thing you know, I'll be sitting in front of a television with an ice-cold brew watching Roller Derby. <laughs> and it was funny because it shocked me a little when Father said, I enjoy, my family are all factory workers, mm -hmm. and I enjoy sitting in front of the TV watching Roller Derby with a brew. Mm -hmm. So you think you're better than me. So if you can't be better than me, then life isn't worth living. Father, don't take it so personally. <laughs> oh my god. And That's as bad as the episode where uh, uh, Honorio was marrying the Italian and oh, yeah, he walked into the mess and made the comment at least he, she's not marrying an Irishman right to Mulcahy. <laughs> Why is he so snippy? Thurr. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't think of the people around him always. No. no. Which, again, is like last week, I think, was the one where he showed his caring side. And that's why and I love And next episode those. he shows his caring side, sort of. But we'll yeah. talk about that later. But We're, yeah. But, so this episode, he was definitely more concerned about his name, mm -hmm. Winchester. And he, is he a true Winchester? And Father was like... You mean you think that you were adopted or something? No. You know, that wasn't even I, a thought. He was he needed I to be may worthy. Snore. So it took the whole camp to show him that he snores. Yeah, the captain's got everybody outside the swamp near his tent, woke him up after snore snoring and he said, I do not snore. And then everybody just, yes, <laughs> yes you, you do. do. We can hear you all the way across camp in post-op. So hopefully he took something then. I think he did. I think or he went to a different tent. Oh, yeah, at that point he went to a different Because he, if I snore, I am only getting out of here because of the crowd. <laughs> no, dude, just take just... the antihistamines. I'm sure you'll sleep better, too. But, yeah. But it was an interesting concept because people who snore never admit to it. Yeah. Well, it, well sometimes, no. I guess, if they wake themselves up snoring. <laughs> I've done that once or twice. Oh. <laughs> My <laughs> husband's a big snorer, so, um, but I just kick him and he rolls over <laughs> and he goes away. <laughs> so, I yeah. guess not everyone can just roll over and have it go away. No, no. Sometimes it just keeps going and going no matter what. Um... But, yeah, I, I, I get Charles' point, like, it, or Laura's point. If it were something that couldn't be helped, then yeah, you know, it's a little unfair to be harassing Charles about it. But but Charles should at least admit it. Like He should at least try. Too I mean, they taped him yeah. snoring, and he said, oh, you probably just did that yourself. Yeah, but, you know, if nothing else, he's a doctor. He understands science. He should at least try the antihistamines. You know, because right. then if they don't work, it's like, ha, ah, see, it wasn't that. There you go. But a little bit of research. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's pretty much that plot wrapped up with a bow. The other plot, which I think is um, sad. Yeah, the more interesting, but the the more unfortunate one. So yeah. go ahead. Patter's son-in-law came for a visit. Mm -hmm. He was wrapping a business conference. He's a salesman. 
went he got himself to Seoul and then Potter got him to the four oh seven seventh. So they got to spend some time together. Yeah. At which turned out really nice. He brought Potter a, a nice pair of bookends that were made from bullets brass, all the brass from mm -hmm. the bullets. Um, I like the comment someone made. Was it Hawkeye that said uh, it might have been Potter. Why don't we oh, just I'm... wish we could cut out the middleman and just melt yeah. the brass and make the bookends right away? Right. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I agree. No. Mm -hmm. I guess you've got that train of thought when you're constantly, constantly putting men back, back together. together. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah. But, um, yeah, and, you know, Potter kept looking. Like, the whole episode, he had a, a gift for uh, his son-in-law, for Robert Wilson. And he just kept trying to find it. And he finally found it in his, uh, in his office when what happens? A phone call. From... And he took it. Actually, Sparky was calling for Furface. Or... <laughs> no, this isn't Furface, Sparky. This is Colonel Potter. Yeah, calm down, calm down. Just talk to me like I'm a regular person. Mm. And it was a hotel in Seoul. The, the Imperial... I wrote it down. Anyway, his Imperial wife, Hotel. Yeah. yeah, his wife left her silk negligee in the room... His and wife. he wasn't traveling with his wife. She was back home with their son, Stuart. Hmm. Evie is his wife, and yeah. it's Colonel Potter's daughter. Mm -hmm. So that brings up a whole dilemma. How do you handle this situation? He mm -hmm. now just found out that his son-in-law was cheating on his daughter. Mm -hmm. And pretty much right away, uh, Potter... Well, first Potter goes to Father Mulcahy. That's before Charles visited. But then he goes back and gets on the line to Evie. And I think it? he was his plan was to tell her. Yeah. Because he had said that mm -hmm. to Father. I have to tell her. Yeah. And he, Father okay, he uh, begged caution. Begged, um, you know, just don't do anything hasty. Wait till you're not angry anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. go see your son-in-law first, he said. Which I thought would have made sense. Because what if he bought the negligee for his wife? But I guess there was a wife there, so never mind. Mm. But, yeah, you know, like, it, I think Potter probably did the right thing waiting. You're right. Just to let things cool down first. But he was angry when he saw oh. him the next time. And he, yeah. didn't, he didn't say anything. No, he was pretty much ignoring him the next day. Uh, Potter was oiling his saddle, and Bob was in his office, and... Potter was just giving him the cold shoulder. And then he finally did go and talk to him. And, uh... Yeah. You know. What what did he basically tell Bob? He told him a story of his life. And how one time he was working a lot. And there was a nurse. And it was middle of the night. He knew his wife would be sleeping. The nurse asked if he wanted to go have some dinner. They went to have some dinner. Then she invited him to her house for a few drinks, and he said it got a little out, a little farther than he wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. Which I think you and I have difference of opinion because I just can't even picture Potter. Yeah, it could have just been kissing. It could have just been kissing, or it could have just been just the guilt of even having drinks. It went a yeah. little farther than he thought, but mm -hmm. it could have been more. It could have uh, been. Yeah. But he never really says. He no, leaves he it up to. 
to us. Well, and was it you or Laura who said, we don't even know exactly what happened. It's up to the, the, the viewer and right. what they infer from it. It, it. It's mainly a plot device. We don't even know if it's true. Yes, he could have just been saying that to get Bob to admit yeah. to what he did, which he did do. He admitted. Yeah. And well, yeah, he, yeah. How did you know? Well, that's not important. And I thought that was neat that he never told how he knew. Yeah. Because he could have very easily. Yeah. You were, you were careless and reckless. No, because if nothing else, um, by not telling him how he knew. It I put think, a little bit of a fear in the guy. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. It's like, it put doubt and fear in Bob's mind. Right. And if he needed anything to get him to not do this again, that would probably have been enough. <laughs> right there. Just, oh God, he's some sort of super spy, like a detective. Uh-huh. So you don't if, know, because he, he didn't tell. If you didn't catch that, I just made an allusion to Harry Morgan's other famous oh, character in Dragnet. <laughs> no, because I've never seen that show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's sad just in, in what it is. You know, it, it's never good when you when you see someone cheat, right? Or that you know that that's right. happened. And especially when it happens, well, not especially, but like, uh, you know, in this With case. daughter. Yeah. You know, he, he says to Father Mulcahy, damn it, before now it's always been somebody else. This is my daughter. It's like, yeah. You know, so everyone is someone's daughter every yeah. woman is someone's daughter every man is someone's son yeah and we never look at we look at adults all as well you know the parents did their job mm -hmm. now you're out on your own but yeah. you you feel so bad yeah yeah and, yeah you know yeah. and um yeah it it just i don't know Th this episode hit me differently now than it had before just I think in having a daughter you know that this could eventually happen too but yeah it, it's not one of my favorite episodes it's mm. down there toward um what's the one and with... good thing Potter's wife didn't find out because I think it would be a completely different oh, situation yeah I think if a husband finds out or a father finds out it's way different than a mother finding out because yeah. I would tell yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. I, would, I would so be in there and I would tell and then yeah whereas yeah you have um like when BJ uh had his moment of weakness at MASH you know you you get that where um Hawkeye caught him writing a letter to Peg and Hawkeye just no 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 you made a mistake don't make it worse right and you know Potter says I've lived with that guilt and I can never get rid of it but I don't I, I I'll never... never do it again right Never, ever, because I can't. It's too much. And I think, from what we saw, I think Bob Wilson had that same guilt. guilt. And so I don't think he'll do it again. I think, in my mind, uh, my headcanon is this was the first time this happened. It was a mistake. He won't do it again. Um, he shouldn't have done it. It's, it's not forgivable. It's not a, a you know something that he should have done. But... He's recommitted, and I don't think he'll do it again. 
And we're also looking at this in 2017 eyes, which is completely different huh. than 50s eyes. I know, I know. Don't, I, it's a I, different world we live I, in. I understand what you're saying, but just because... It's not okay. I'm never saying it's yeah, okay. I'm just saying... Go out and... Yeah, sow your wallows. Uh, no. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I mean, that's kind of the, the society JFK lived in. Right. And that's right. why he was a bit of a womanizer. But that's not an excuse. It's just... Not when it's your daughter. It's the culture. <laughs> it's not an excuse. It's a, so, um... So that's a lot of people didn't. He did give him his Because Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was a picture frame. Oh, that the... That some of the locals made yeah. yeah so that bob would have a nice picture frame for a picture of evie and stewart right yeah um but yeah I, so so that was that that wrapped mm -hmm. up they they basically left on friendly terms you know both having <laughs> each other's secrets but they both know that they know something about each other and yeah. that'll never leave them uh -huh. and he'll always think twice before ever yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well definitely but then um, I like how the episode ends. I do too. <laughs> so going back to the other plot with Winchester. Uh, so Winchester isn't snoring anymore. Either the flowers stopped blooming or he took antihistamines, whatever. But we're in the swamp. Everybody's sleeping and you hear, Oh, you kept sleeping. You kept snoring. It might be the flowers. And you see Hawkeye and... Charles sit up and there's BJ, BJ talking in his sleep and they just look at each other like uh, no. darn it <laughs> we thought we were over this nope. we need sleep yeah. um, I did look up something just for my own edification if it was say it was dark when Potter called his daughter let's call it 9 o'clock it should have been around uh, 8 o'clock um, the same day. So, like, if it was 9 p.m. Monday in Korea, it would be around 8 a.m. Monday in, like, the, the eastern or midwestern states, which is where most of the families are from. So, okay. about 12 hours different backward. But just... Just because it's like, well, would he have been calling Evie in the middle of the day, or because Stuart was, was he was in bed for the night. He, he it was yeah, a little bit Potter later. Was, he said, yeah. but then Stuart, his grandson, was asleep. Right. So it must have been a morning nap. Could have been. Because if it's eight a.m., well, yeah. <laughs> he didn't. He ain't sleeping that late. And he's old enough to have a horse, so he's not a napper in the morning. So I'm <laughs> Unless just he's saying. Still sleeping in. Just saying. Just saying. Anything else that you have? Nope. I have. We covered everything. Okay. Um, if you watched this and you're like, hey, Bob seems familiar and skeezy yeah. to me, there's a reason. Uh, he played uh, the unscrupulous Private McShane in season three, Love and Marriage, where he was marrying a Korean lady of the night. So that she could get into the States and continue her profession here. So he was skeezy then. Yeah, so I think that's that just, that, that tainted my view of him going into this, which is probably why I don't like the episode. Because yeah. unfortunately I just... And once you pointed that out, I recognized him immediately and yeah. It, it's like, I, 
I get reusing actors because you do that all the time, uh, especially with the like the people playing Chinese or Korean soldiers. But yeah, there was just something about reusing this particular actor that I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, so that was Dennis Dugan playing Robert Rob Wilson, and then we also had uh, Kelly Nakahara reprising her role as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. And production code was 9B07. Writer was Karen Hall. Director, Mike Farrell. Oh, Karen Hall is a lady. There you go. Oh, she wrote a total of... Story editor and consultant in 34 MASH episodes between oh. in, in seasons 9 through 11. Cool. All right, next up we have Say No More. All right, let's see if I can do this as, as succinctly as you. Margaret was going to a emergency treatment conference with somebody she great, or to see somebody speak whom she greatly admired, but she ended up losing her voice. Also, a platoon comes into camp hurt their lieutenant is badly wounded and his father happens to be a general who shows up at camp while he's recovering did i do it yeah you did <laughs> i think i took an extra sentence or two but that's but there, there's just so much to this episode that yeah mm -hmm. i think like it just seemed to put a lot in when yeah. when it was over i felt mm -hmm. little, like holy cow there was yeah, because there was um the the Margaret side, where she was going to this conference in Seoul, Seoul, Tokyo, Seoul, one of the two, to listen to Chesler uh, give a talk on emergency care. Uh, Charles triage. was triage. The, Charles was not a fan at all of this guy, but Margaret had written to him. And said, I would love to talk to you outside of the talk. And he had agreed, so they were actually going to have dinner and talk. Uh, because he had, she credits him as the reason why she wanted to get her nurses more involved with triage. Which is really big to her, because yeah. it's what she's known for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she I think she made a name for herself in the Korean theater doing that. And it really helped uh, the unit's efficiency. Not that 97% and 98% survival wasn't great already but it got the doctors to work quicker right um and that's important in saving more than just lives but also limbs uh but so she was doing up her hair she gave herself a perm and uh, she hadn't finished her shower and like i guess taken out her curlers and such she washed off the the stinky stuff okay but so it, they were it wasn't processing anymore okay but it was wet yeah but that's deep down wet because mm. it's in curler so it yeah. stays wet but they could smell it in or they were yes the doctors were saying Whew, we could if you've ever smelled a home perm, yeah it's pretty stenchy yeah my mom used to do that for grandma and yeah yeah uh, and i used to do it yeah yeah we all used to do it yeah <laughs> yeah and her hair was real like everything was super curly i would say it shortened her or head of hair up by a third. And everyone seemed to like it. I agree with you. Mm. I'm not a fan mm -hmm. of it. But everyone, I mean, even Father, we're, I wrote if down you don't, what he said. If you don't mind me saying so, Major. 
Hubba hubba. Yeah. So yeah, she walked into the mess and just Woo-hoo! kind of strutting and everybody's catcalling. Igor's like, wow, Major, for a high class woman like you, we have extra stuff here. Why don't you, would you like some Wheaties? Look, Major, I know it stinks too, but... She didn't, apparently didn't realize, because this must have been the first time this day she spoke. So she walked in and Igor yeah. offered her something, and I think she expected her voice to come yeah, out. Darn right she did. Yeah. And <laughs> nope. then she grabbed Charles so fast, like, <laughs> and I, fix this. Yeah, it, it was just, I got to keep going with this a little bit because I love the line that she has. Charles checks her. He sees that she has laryngitis. He says, you know what this means? You can't talk. Um, how I'm supposed to work. <clears throat> Pen and paper. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, she has him call Chesler, but only after he makes some uh, a quip about Chesler again. And she says to him let me find it voice gone fists fine <laughs> voice gone fists fine I thought that was just it was a very Margaret line just like um, it was old Margaret it was well <laughs> yeah you know like middle middle third middle Mar- third yes you know like where she was um in, in the uh, souvenirs episode when she's talking to the pilot and saying it's a good thing Donald wasn't here. Because if he was, he'd deck you. And she just <laughs> smacks him. Good thing he's not here. And so yeah, she she and does a classic bargain and just yeah, I I would take that threat seriously. She her. really wants to meet with this guy though. Chesler, you know, she yeah. wants to meet him. She has like this, you know, work crush. Yeah, you know how you get per- a work crush. Yeah, it's professional. A, yeah, it would be like like Laura or I meeting um I mean he's passed now but like Steve Jobs or uh, yeah. uh, Steve Wozniak, Bill Gates. Oh my god. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so she was and she credits him to for so much yeah. of her of her success. So yeah. meeting him is very important. To so her. you know, she asked Charles is there any way uh, that this would be possible and he said basically, you know what you have to do. They call. Chesler says, "Well, I have to cancel, but I I can meet you in Seoul before I leave in three days." And then a few days later, her voice is still bad. And uh, she, she asked um, Charles to do a, a telegram. A telegram, and she wrote down, "You have to cancel." Yeah. And Charles is because, like, "Are you sure?" Because he knows this is her hero. Yeah, and she's uh, she you know in her broken stuttering. English, she basically says, not worth it. I can't work properly like this. It's not fair to the staff or the patients. Three more days of recovery just so I can meet Chesler? No. Um, so she cancels. But Charles, being being the deep down good Charles that we How know him to be. Charles sound? Being. Oh, being okay. <laughs> being the Go deep ahead. down Charles that he is. Um, he got on the phone with Chesler instead of sending a telegram and apparently acted like Margaret was right there giving him lines and singing his praises and so Chesler agreed to come to the 477th to meet Margaret 
without her knowing. Isn't that romantic? See, Charles is so sweet. He is. When he's not being a total butt. But, yeah. He is very sweet. When he's not hung up on himself and he's Mm -hmm. thinking of someone else. Exactly. He's a nice guy. He is. But I wouldn't want to marry him. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, he gets Chesler up there for Margaret, which was really cool. Um, and that's pretty much that, I think. Uh, except for then... Well, he came to visit. Yeah. Oh, he's a good-looking guy, too. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Do you oh. say so? I thought so. Um, but then at the end, uh, after Chesler leaves, uh, Margaret still doesn't have her voice. She comes into the mess tent, finds Charles, and he asks, you know, how was your... I thought uh, they are saying that. Well, it is the end, but it's still in this plot. So, okay. I mean, I figure I'd just mention okay. it. I, I know, but it's in the pl- same plot line. But, um, you know, he says, how did your meeting with Chesler go? And she just kind of... <clears throat> and just kisses him. She grabbed his face and kissed him yeah. as a thank you. Like yeah. a thank you kiss, but a little bit more. Yeah, and then that was the screen freeze and the outro, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, it was a great ending. The other plot, other though. Plot. Not such a great ending. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant um, Curtis Collins. Collins was the guy in charge of all these soldiers. and Genuine, nice guy. Yeah. When you say who should get awards, who should get hero mention, everyone would agree it was him. The yeah. men, mm-hmm. the doctors, the... Yeah, Potter. You know, when, when they brought him in, he was on his stretcher, his leg was all shot up, and... He said, look, Doc, don't worry about me. Make sure my men are taken care of. And all the guys were coming in and saying, hey, you take care of the lieutenant. He's a good guy. He died for or almost died for us. Yeah, and then Colonel Potter was relating a story he heard from one of the boys as he was operating on him. And uh, Potter said, you know, they said he ran through the fire of an, a machine gun nest Tossed grenades that would make, I think he must have referenced a ball player. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he did. Ty Cobb. And then... Ty Cobb? Yes. That would have made Ty Cobb proud or something like yes. that. And so this kid was going and above and beyond. Some hill needs yeah. to be taken. You know, and he didn't send one of his soldiers out to do this, which he could have. He's the lieutenant. He could right. have, you know, sergeant, get a squad together. No, he did it. Because he didn't want to put any of his men in harm's way. So, like you say, he's a he's a real leader. Um, and in, a lot more would have been dead if he didn't do yeah, this. Yeah, in uh, the Pacific, it kind of reminds me of um, the 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 group that uh, uh, Sludgehammer is in. I can't remember the unit or the n- numbers, but they had Captain Akak, and <laughs> same thing. Um, he thought of his men first. Mm-hmm. Always his men first. And it got him killed. And it got this this kid killed too, eventually. But um, before he died, he was there recovering. And his dad, who was a major general, so that's two stars, uh, and was in charge of the sector, or a who sector. Who truly loved his son. Yeah, but didn't want his son to get any special treatment because of him. Only, the, only his son's CO knew. Um... I thought that was his son's decision. Either way. Yeah, either way. Either way. Only, only. I think you're right. I, only the kid's CO knew that this two-star general was his father, and he wanted it that way because he didn't want any special treatment. You're right. And um, But 
the general rolled in and Hawkeye told him it'll probably be a little while. You know, um, we think he's suffering from post-operative pneumonia, which isn't uncommon. Because at first they thought he was okay. Then he was talking to his dad the first time and it, it was very, had... it was, yeah, it was quick, uh, shallow breathing, yes. which wasn't normal. And, um, so then the general decided, okay, I'm going to stay here in camp with him, but I still have to be a general. So he got a phone, he, he brought in a trailer where he could basically his mini war room and he connected a phone line or several so that he could keep sending out orders. And barked orders at Klinger, who doesn't mm. like orders very much. No, <laughs> never has, especially not from somebody who's not in his chain of command. Right. But, um... Yeah, you know, that gave the general a chance to stay up to date with Hawkeye and then a chance to eat with his son, which was great, especially as it turns out um, the fact that his son died because in, in one of the, or in the final scene with Lieutenant Collins, uh, Kelly is ministering to another patient and all of a sudden yeah. you, you hear... Gasps. Yeah, and you see Collins going into seizure and uh, then the next thing we see is Hawkeye walking into Major General Collins' trailer, and he just has this look on his face, and the general was on a call and said, I'm going to call you back. His aide leaves, and uh, Hawkeye just stands there, and the general's like, what happened? And Hawkeye just said, I'm sorry. There was nothing we could do. It was a fat embolism. He died in minutes. Nothing anyone could have done. Yeah. And then the general and him had this heart-to-heart, -heart, as you said at the beginning, yeah. before we knew anything. Yeah. And he, he, and he, you thought that he was going to start talking, you know, um, okay, what do you say? So many were not enough times to give names to the dead. Mm-hmm. Just, all, all I had was numbers. And one enough, Yeah. Yeah, somewhere, someone had to have a name to these numbers, but I never heard, I never heard the cries. I, someone, In every, this everyone, trailer, I never heard the cries. Right. I was insulated. So everyone has someone that loves them, that mm -hmm. dies, but I never heard the cries, so it didn't yeah. matter to me. When enough people died, I took a pin off a map, and that's the only connection I have. And so then he poured... A drink and you know asked Hawkeye will you join me <laughs> which by the way at that moment I laughed really hard in my head it's like will Hawkeye join you for a drink <laughs> no. well, I, never, I didn't even think that way oh oh general okay. you're funny to funny. every man's son to every man's son you know and oh I that was cool so I thought he got it but now you know I, I had the same reaction too up until this time of watching it and it was a weird transition for me. Because I agree, you know, he he seemed to get it. He, where everybody was somebody's son. And it's like, okay, every life matters. And I thought he was going to start thinking a little before taking a hill or before... But, but then immediately afterward, he gets on the phone. Get that ammunition up there. I know their flanks exposed. Turn it. I don't care. It can't be helped. Take it at any cost. But oh, oh, I'm angry just thinking, and I know it's a but, show. <laughs> but if I may play devil's advocate or his advocate here, he has a job. That is his job, and if he fails at his job, 
There's more numbers. Lots of men die. If he does his job adequately, fewer die. So, but I think Hawkeye on his way out was thinking, take some time off yeah. from the war. Mm-hmm. But, and... but you know what? I'll I'll say two things here. First of all, if Sidney Friedman was counseling a patient who was undergoing grief trauma from combat, how would he treat it? What's the first thing that Go they do? Go back to your life. Go back to your life. Get back on the horse as quickly as you can. It's the he best didn't way. He call his wife. No. But, again, the combat didn't stop. It sounded like he was in the middle, middle of, of an a... action. Okay, okay. And that's the other part I was going to say is, I agree with you, but if he wasn't in the middle of an engagement in his sector, he wouldn't need... A mobile HQ. Right, exactly. So, I just, I get it, and that's what I always felt, too, but... But it does make sense when you put it that way. It's He's like, got to continue, and he did take that time off to talk with Hawkeye. Yeah, but if he doesn't do his job, and yes, you know, when when he got there, his aide, who, whatever his aide's name was, um, Captain Stern, looks like, um, said... I've put Colonel, whatever his name is, you know, uh, not mentioned in this episode, on alert. So that was either a CO or his uh, second-in-command back at i that he was going to be operating out of here. But, yeah, he, he had to keep doing his job or more people would end up like his son. Okay, I'll, I'll give it's, you that. And it's just, it's, I, I got angry when I was watching oh, it. When you say that, it makes sense. But it's not a happy thought. <laughs> no. It's not an excuse. All I can think of was those damn red pins. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, no, I completely agree, too, because that's, that's the way I thought of it, too. It's like, God, really? You're reducing this to red pins, pins? on a board? Like, ah, but... Yeah, he is... This is not going into one of my top ten. No, me either. It just... <laughs> It, it's Either definitely one. one where you it makes it, you think. So it's a good episode. Come watch it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Do you think it's a... Yeah. Is it a top ten for anyone? If so, I would love to know why. You know, just because just I'm curious. Like I say, you know, I see it from both sides, finally. Um, it took me a long time. I mean, I've been watching these episodes of MASH on and off for, you know, more than a decade, certainly. I remember... Oh, God, more than that. Because I remember being in college and just watching these, like, back to back to back every day for a, for a year. Well, you must have, because he has them all memorized. Yeah, well, yeah, both of these episodes, <laughs> um, we got to the to the menu screen, and it's like, like... I have no idea. I know what this is, and I would give the synopsis of the episode just from the picture. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I and know. He, he even said that the first one. I know my I'm episode. angry. I'll tell you why later. <laughs> <laughs> I know my episodes. But... It took me a long time to come to realize, okay, there's a reason he's doing this. And it, it yeah. Are, well, it, let us know what, what you what, think. Yeah, what, do, are there any episodes like that for you? Uh, before I get into my normal spiel, off of that, though, anything else about this episode? No, that's it. Okay. The Margaret Kiss Charles was where I thought we were going to end, but that's, this is good, because yeah. now I'm hoping to hear from someone. Yeah. Uh, real quick to wrap this up. Recurring guest star, uh, recurring cast guest stars. We have John Anderson as Major General Addison Collins, Michael Horton as Lieutenant Curtis Collins, James Karen as Doctor Stephen Chesler. 
Chip Johnson as Captain Stern, Jeff Maxwell reprising his roles Igor Straminsky, Kelly Nakahara as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato, pardon me, Jeff Chapman as Private Maloney, Norm Garrett as a patient, the production code was 9B08, writer John Rappaport, director Charles S. Dubin, original air date January 24th, 1983. Alright, so yes, let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know if you have the same reaction I did to this episode for you for any other episode. You can do that by heading over to our website, narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Go to the podcast link. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. There on that page, there are two buttons at the top. One, the little folder, or the, the little envelope-looking one, is an email link. You can either copy that or just click on it. If you have like Outlook configured on your computer, it'll open up a new email to us here at the podcast, and you can let us know what you think. Otherwise, the other one is little Facebook F. It'll take you over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash, all one word. Like our page there, follow it. That way you know whenever we post a new episode. Also, you can leave comments over there like many people have. Thank you for doing that. But let us know in either one of those two ways what you think. If you would like to uh, catch our commentary on past episodes, if you do the MP3 thing, you can go over to our website, narcliniccom slash whiskey and mash. There on the page are MP3s of all of our back episodes. You can stream them off the website or download them to your favorite MP3 playing device. Otherwise, if you do the podcast thing, just go on to uh, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, Stitcher Radio, anywhere you can find podcasts, and search for Whiskey and Mash. There will be. Subscribe to our feed. That way you get every new episode downloaded to your device automatically when they come out. Normally that's sometime on Sundays, depending on uh, when... <laughs> honestly, depending on when we watch the new episodes, because then I'll upload the, the episodes we have in the can, and then we record. It's easier for me to do it that way. But... Uh, connect with us that way, listen to our episodes, let us know what you think of them, and if you find some value in this podcast, if you think that we've done a good enough job to warrant your support, the way that you can support us right now is helping us grow our audience. Just share our podcast feed with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, someone you know who you think would enjoy just listening to us ramble, if nothing else, or who enjoys MASH, either way. Um, I'll also put in a plug, I think, that Laura and Ben and I are going to start up a new podcast fairly soon here, I think, based around uh, the new Fox TV show, The o or around Star Trek, maybe both, uh, The Orville, I think it's around The Orville, maybe Star Trek, one of the two, <laughs> they're, both sci they're, they're both science fiction shows, um, and really, they both kind of feel like Star Trek, one a little more than the other. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But if you want to uh, listen to that, you can, and once it comes out, you can check that out over on the Narclan Inc. website. It'll be under the podcast link, assuming that we actually start that, which I fully intend to, because I'm, we already had some really great conversations, it was the Orville, uh, about, like, the intricacies of behind some of the stuff that they're doing like they they did a whole time travel thing and ben and i were having this long discussion about why this should happen and we disagreed and i thought it was a really good discussion so um if you're into science fiction and you're watching the orville 
keep an eye on our website. I think we're going to be getting up some podcasts on that pretty soon, and hopefully we'll be doing that for like a decade, because I think uh, Seth MacFarlane's The Orville is worth that sort of a run. You just watched a million ways. So it's his movie. Yeah, A Million Ways <laughs> to Die in the West. Um, love it. Oh, man. So just funny. just such a good thing. Maybe we'll have to come up with a, a family podcast uh, uh, watching movies and reacting to them. That'd cool. be fun. But in the meantime, uh, this was Whiskey Mash. I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. And have, have a great evening. <laughs> have a great I week. Can't, yeah, <laughs> we should script out who's going to do that or something. I don't know. Uh, so. Why? Yeah. Then we then it wouldn't be awkward and stuttery. That's who we are. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We don't plan out anything. No, I I don't edit anything. That that would make it disingenuous. Bye. Bye.